0: You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall Editors of the Batuta Advocate On Desert Rock FM Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show Recording live here from downtown Batuta In the Old City District And uh, we've actually had a bit of a run Recently in guests We had the amazing Grace Tame A couple weeks ago We had... Anthony Albanese joined us, the uh, leader of the opposition, in case you forgot we had one. And uh, this week we have the pride of Bankstown. Toby Allen and Mike Tierney from Human Nature, thank you for joining the Batuta Advocate Radio Show. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Now, Errol, uh, who usually co-hosts with me, is off uh, chasing a story up north in Baduri today. There's been some uh, electoral fraud, we believe, in the local council elections, so... It's no. just me, just me holding the reins now. You, you wouldn't believe it. Coming from Bankstown, you guys wouldn't know about uh, you know corrupt local councils, would
1: you? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and living in America for the past twelve years, <laughs> corruption in politics, no, <laughs> never happens.
0: So, so tell us. Uh, I, I want to go back to the start of human nature. I guess I, I did say uh, Bankstown, but that's just vague. It's, I'm saying that because your first gig was out there in the town hall, at Bankstown. Yep. You are all from that kind of region though, of Sydney, the, the, the yeah. west to southwest?
2: Yeah, we all went to the same high school. Actually yeah. it was a Hurlston agricultural high school. Mm-hmm. Out, in, farmers. out in Glenfield, yeah, yeah. Well it's a yeah, part farming school. So we, we actually did that up until we all ha, you had to do it up until like year ten, you you had to take agriculture and do you know, the throwing the sheep and pregnancy testing cows yep. um, fencing yeah a bit of growing your own garden veggie patch and yep. uh, yeah so it was it was kind of fun doing that at school and then you know we just was weirdly that we decided to put a vocal group together in that in environment. That environment. But, uh, and it wasn't the most popular choice, probably, <laughs> seeing as it was a big rugby school too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, we would come and, and sing at different things and uh, often have a bit of fruit thrown yeah. at us here and there. So that was fun. But, um, <laughs> character building. It was character <laughs> building.
1: <laughs> but you were all choir trained. Yeah, well, we'd all, um, we'd all grown up singing yep. as well. Um, Andrew and Mike's mum is a piano teacher and mm-hmm. we'd all grown up playing piano and, and singing was like this – it was – Second nature, yeah. to us. <laughs> um, literally, literally it stuff. was. But um, yeah, I think we were the only four guys in the school choir. Okay. So it was um, Andrew actually had the idea to put this to arrange it on Fifty Song, Earth yep. Angel, and and bring it to the the rest of us to see if we wanted to give it a go. And so we were the only four options to go into the vocal group. And yeah, we just loved it so much. We loved singing together. Loved the sound that we created. And then just proceeded to get booked to sing the the national anthem and and stuff at school events and that was sort of the start of it but
2: um, yeah it was sort of very humble beginnings but uh, yeah we just loved it do wop do wop was the sound when you first kind of hit the ground yeah i guess that that's kind of what we modeled ourselves on those you know the doo-wop groups. It was actually from, if you remember, in the movie Back to the Future when yeah. Marty McFly goes back to the the enchantment under the sea ball
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and he
2: does Earth Angel. He plays it at the... Um, and so that was the song that my brother, Andrew, he, he arranged it. And it was just kind of, yeah, really harking back, I guess, to those, those doo-wop days of the 50s and 60s. We thought that was kind of cool.
0: And then when was your first... Uh Jump off moment? You think when was it when you were like, okay, you 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 were known by four tracks, four tracks with
1: an X. Thank you very much, four <laughs> tracks with an X. So we we sang all through school, and, and when we left school, th- uh, Phil, Andrew, and I went went on to university, started our degrees, but um, we we were still the four tracks, and we went in a whole lot of uh, talent quests, yeah, like RSL clubs and and around around Sydney. And I think we ended about 10 of them and ended up winning them all. And we, we actually now, regional tour at the moment, we sort of laugh about the fact that we had this acapella version of Danny Boy, yeah. that whenever we whipped out Danny Boy, <laughs> the rest of the competitors were like, oh, no, yeah. here they yeah. go. <laughs> they won the win. RSL.
2: <laughs>
1: so, um, yeah, we were certainly playing to our audience <laughs> with those songs. But um, it was uh, sort of, I guess, Early '90s, when um, groups like Boys to Men and mm-hmm. Take That were really big, yep. and I know that Andrew and Mike they started doing a whole lot of songwriting for original music, and we started demoing it. And um, yeah, we sort of thought that if you know groups like that could have these sort of big careers, then maybe we should stop singing songs like Danny Boy <laughs> and do something <laughs> a little more contemporary.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, then then all of a sudden you're you're kind of touring touring the country with uh, Celine Dion. That was, did, I mean, there was a few, I, I imagine there was a few talent shows. Uh, in between. But actually between.
2: The first big thing we did was actually supporting Michael Jackson.
0: Oh, wow, that came first. Yeah, that was yeah. the
2: first big, I think yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, oh, yeah, Celine was first. Oh, Celine, it was around the same, kind of similar same time. Same year. Yeah, same year, same right. Year, yeah. But yeah, to do, we were kind of, we ended up doing, uh, supporting Michael Jackson and, and Celine, uh, kind of simultaneously around Europe we, we would go doing his show and then we would go and support her doing her show but that was an incredible experience to to be part of that and that the machine that was that Michael Jackson touring thing was incredible. I mean that was
1: one stroke of luck for us yeah. we've been with Sony Music now for oh, 26 years mm-hmm. and so we'd signed with them in 95 and pretty sort of we sort of were pretty bold with what yep. we were doing. We went in and had a meeting with a meeting organised with one of the a guys there and played some of the demos and said, oh, look, we want to sing for you. And he was like, no, 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 you don't need to. Do-. And we're like, no, we want to sing for you. Yeah. And we sang People Get Ready, which is a song that's sort of been associated with us now, I guess. And he got so excited that he went and we ended up singing for Dennis Hanlon, the head of Sony. Right. Pretty close after that. yeah. And he offered us a deal on the spot. And so we... We started recording those those tracks, but then the next the beginning of the next year, the Celine tour was on, and she was with Sony, and yeah. so there was sort of this great alignment. Yeah. You know, it was the the best launching pad we ever could have dreamt of. Yeah, you know, getting on those two tours. Are you fine when um,
0: you know when a when a big boy group pops up? Britain's had their waves, but quite often you look at One Direction, it was a kind of more recent kind of success story. But there's always got the similar thing. I think Five was the same with these. People plucked out on like a maybe it was an Australian Idol audition and they plucked mm-hmm. out of the line and said, actually, no, we'll put all you, you together. Do you think you guys have done the distance and you've been stayers in the industry because it was such an organic starting pad where you were all
2: mates and you were all… Uh- I think so. I guess our origin was was more like a how a rock band would yeah. probably get together. You know, yeah, often that yeah. they get together in, yeah, school, in high school, schoolmates, yeah. you know, that. So Play I think,
1: Danny Boy and then... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Rig yeah, a few RSL comps. And- yeah.
2: But that, I guess, I think that is probably a big part of yeah. why. And also because, I mean, we've said it before, but also at that time we are allowed to just be together as a group for a few years and make kind of bad choices, yeah. you know. And t- today I think it's often, you know, y- y- they're so th- thrust into the spotlight, yeah. so st- you know, off The Voice or one of those shows that yeah. where they're into the spotlight and they, if they do make mistakes, they get kind of jumped on through yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah. So we were kind of lucky that we didn't have any of that that we had to go through when we were kids and, and we could kind of stumble our way through and find our way to to starting. And, yeah, I guess that's – but, yeah, I think you're right. That, that, that friendship from high school has yeah. been a big part of why we're still together, I think.
0: I mean, in terms of timing – you were very much a fully formed touring Australian band, and you'd done your overseas stuff. But you were you were a household name in Australia just as the Olympics were happening. <laughs> so that kind of the kind of worked well for you too
1: there. In that sense, was that how, how was that? Tell us about the Olympics. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, we we actually consciously campaigned like we were telling everybody everybody on the street we passed you know oh we'd love to sing at the olympics <laughs> you know try, trying to get that gig because i mean every aussie artist would would want to be on there and we actually knew for quite a while before the olympics that we were going to be doing it but we couldn't tell anybody and yeah. it was it was the worst you know we just wanted to shout it from the rooftops but it was um, yeah it was probably one of our proudest moments yeah. you know to stand up there and and you know represent the country at, at this opening ceremony and you know it's we're not we're not going to get the chance again in our lifetimes i wouldn't imagine so yeah it was very it was surreal i mean particularly the, the audience in the stadium itself was massive let alone you know i think they thought billions of people were watching <laughs> around the world i mean we had a lot to be nervous about yeah, but yeah. you know yeah like you said we've been Performing together for such a long time up to that point, you know, we sort of just sucked it up and took it in our stride, but we were shaking in our boots a bit <laughs> that night. And then
0: there was like, I mean, I guess the, the coming out of doo-wop, four tracks, and then you're kind of singing, you're harmonizing a lot, and that was that was, that was kind of the early memories of human nature. And then, and then there was a pop album. How was that? Because that obviously... There was a lot of my attitude yeah. as well. <laughs> Sleeves came off. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. A bit of well, frosted tip action and we're, we're on here.
2: <laughs> we went with the whole hog. Um, yeah. But, yeah, well, the first album, Tell Everybody, was, I mean, that was a pop record too, mm. but I guess we we weren't, Kind of embracing the the whole. Now everywhere we went, there was this whole thing that about the boy band. There was explosion of boy bands around the world. You know, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and it really took off. You know, it was was really the sound of the the late '90s, early Mm -hmm. 2000s, and we kind of had our own thing going. And then I think it was around that time we we released "He Don't Love You," song "He Don't Love You," which was, and we 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 just went down that whole. We just embraced hard it. Hard choreography, too. <laughs> yeah. ah, was like, it was. I literally
1: yeah. used to have to go and visit my osteo um, because I there's all that like head slamming stuff, and I literally he used to tell me that I I'd, I would have like dislodged my skull from where it usually sits because I was like banging my head so hard. So yeah, pop music is dangerous, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you find it was different in how people interacted with you
0: after that? You know, you're no longer the oh those darlings from the Olympics. I actually think
1: sort of in a weird way we would finally become the group that people thought that we were because yeah. we for a lot of years we we actually fought against that label of boy band yeah. you know because like you said before, you know, a lot of those known boy bands yeah. were manufactured. They yeah. were auditioned. And, and so we sort of really fought against that because we're like, no, we're not like that. We've grown up differently. We've evolved differently. But I think, you know, our true colors, shone mm. with something like He Don't Love You because, you know, that essentially that's what we wanted to do as well. We yeah. wanted to be a pop group. And that was sort of the most pop we've ever been. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of tours were we
0: talking about at that time?
2: We did a few tours. We did some touring around the UK. We, we kind of, you know, we were supporting, oh, it was a group Eternal. Eternal yeah. you know, a group called yeah. Eternal. We did some, sh- yeah, so we, we released some um, records in the UK, all around Europe as well. We did some touring around Asia and, and Japan. So it was, you know, it was great to be able to, you know, see different parts of the world. and But we'd always come back and, and Australia has always been, you know, our, our, biggest, yeah. our biggest place to tour. So we'd always kind of end up here in Australia with a, you know, triumphant turn around the country, yeah, which is yeah. great.
1: We actually, um, like going back to the when we released that first album and we did those tours with Selena Michael. Then the following year, we got to do those tours, like Mike said, mm. over in Europe, and our album in Australia was already out. But yep. we we were touring so much that we hadn't even had a chance to to tour that album yet. So the experience of being on, particularly the Michael Jackson tour and seeing him perform, it was like we. We were getting ideas. We couldn't have spaceships exploding <laughs> through throughout our stage <laughs> or anything like that. But four hours know, of steam. <laughs> just to watch, you know, a master entertainer like that yeah. do his show. I think it taught us a lot. And so we came back, sort of really excited about doing. I think our very first headline tour was in '97, and yeah. and we tried to pull out all the stops for that. Yeah, you know, within our budget, of yeah. course. But um, yeah, the, the the live shows are where we. Enjoy, we, I think we enjoy it the most. I mean, you get that instant sort of reaction from the crowd, and recording records is great, but getting that that feedback straight away from the crowd is is nothing like it.
2: Do do any of you play instruments? Yeah, yeah. Um, we we all play a bit of the voice, of course. We all play a bit of piano, probably, you know, Andrew and Phil, probably the most, you know, um, and then Toby played trumpet. Yeah, it's not cool. not in our show, but we did try and
1: get all sort of musical on one of our albums when Andrew was on the keys, Phil played a bit of guitar, and I had a shaker.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: did you play anything? No, Mate? I didn't play. Yeah, the, just the,
2: the, the finger snaps.
1: But the shaker no. is actually quite hard. I'm doing it on our regional tour at the moment as well, and you've got to be in the pocket. Otherwise it's, otherwise it's really <laughs> it's bad. It's a disaster. So touring... We,
0: uh, Tudor Avic has done a, uh, and we always, we always indulgently bring this up when we interview uh, people who've toured the world many times over. We did a national tour once with uh, six venues, um, <laughs> and we found it, int- we were doing you know, a stage show, 90 minutes, no instruments, no, no anything, but we did find the before and after a show in front of a lot of people, a very similar feelings. I mean, they come up and then they come down. Right. And- meeting musicians now, especially the introverted guitar people who kind of get put on stage and become rock stars who didn't really want that. Mm. You can see how they might just not go to sleep. You know, how is it touring, especially with – you've come to a point in your career where you actually go night after night after night after night. How do you guys prepare and and how do you go to bed?
2: (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, as you said, we've now done it to – I think actually doing the whole residency in Las Vegas I think has – Got us to a point where we can see it as a job almost. You know, we yeah. go on stage, we do we, the way we structure our show, and, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, yeah. to to make it a great experience for the audience. But yeah, when we go on and off, we kind of yeah, it's just we, we've got used to that, yeah. I suppose, and that feeling of how you wind yeah. yourself down. And what
0: was some of the nerves like, Michael Jackson end of your career? Like that that, that uh, in the of, beginning, yeah. Like what was how were you guys doing? Four little
1: blokes from from ag school. <laughs> Sitting there, it it was crazy. Pops next door. I remember like those, the first Michael Jackson shows, like in Australia. And you'd walk on stage, like we would go on for sound check or something. And you're walking on this stage and you see all the like the little stage markings for like props and things. And there's like they're all labeled and there's like thriller and beat it. And you're thinking, oh my god, I'm going to be performing on this stage that this legend is going to be performing on. It better be good. And you know, you just gotta. At some point, you just gotta. Sort of the nerves go. Like yeah. once you get into the music, it's Throw yourself um, into it. yeah. And you see people having fun, and yeah. And certainly now, you know, more people know us, and their expectations are different now yeah, yeah. at the start of a show than they used to be. Yeah, you're not throwing something new in front of them. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Vegas there. How did
0: that come about? Was that off uh, Celine's mentoring? You decided to do a residency in, in Vegas because <laughs> she it? she actually was a pioneer of that as well. Just the yeah, night after she night. was
2: one of the first sort of big acts to do that. But yeah. we was it kind of came from our we, in about sort of uh, 2006, I think it was. We, yeah, we did um, a, the, uh, a Motown record, yeah. um, which was a, a big success here in Australia, and it um, yeah, we put together a show which was based on a an old Motown review, you know, like that they used to do. They they would tour around the States. They would have all these, the Motown acts, and yeah. it was incredible. You know, you'd see the posters. It was like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, the Jacksons, and they'd all be on this bill where they, they'd have all those incredible songs. So we, we kind of wanted to hark back to that for this the show that we put together for that album. And um, it was really it was actually the guy who, who took, Thunder from Down Under to Vegas yeah, came, right. he saw that show and he, he said to us, Oh, God, guys, I, I think this would work great in Las Vegas.
0: You can keep your shirts on. He yeah. wanted us for Thunder, but we said, No, we're going to stick
2: to the
1: music things. We're st-
2: and we said, Oh, you know, we kind of thought, Oh, that sounds interesting, you know, kind of, we didn't think how it would happen, you know, yeah. or if it could happen. And so, kind of, a few years went by and, and then they, they were just looking for rooms. That was the hardest thing, really, was to find. A showroom that would become available for us to do it, because you know over there we were an unknown act really. Mm-hmm. So for someone to take that risk and, and put our show in there was it was going to take a bit of work. So uh, eventually they they got the opportunity. It, it was an old casino called the Imperial Palace, which mm-hmm. was um it was like the ugliest house on the you know the best street <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. right across from Caesar's Palace and. You know,
0: we're talking 70s era. Oh, total! It it was all like
2: themed, like kind of Chinese (laughs) themes, like dragons and stuff. (laughs) Wooden dragons (laughs) everywhere. And um, the show that had been in there for how long? I think it it had been in there for like 20 years. This legends show (laughs) that was in this showroom was finally leaving. And this uh, showroom became available. And, you know, they rang us, guys, do you want to? do you want to try this out? Do you want to give it a go with your your Motown show? And so we all, remember we all sat down together with our, yeah. our partners and and saying, you know, we've got this opportunity, but it means we have to all move uproot, there, yeah, uproot yeah. and move there. And it was like, it, we could last for a month, you know, mm-hmm. it could last for, who knows, like like six weeks, we could be yeah. gone. But um, so we did, it. we took the punt and um, went into that room at the Imperial Palace and Yeah, and then we end up being there now in Vegas, the show run, for about 11 years.
1: So Um, was it always in the Imperial? Yeah, we started off there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And actually one of the main reasons we got there in the first place was that we'd, on our... We'd always said uh, we'd just do that one Motown record and that's enough. And then we thought, well, no, it's such a big success <laughs> that we probably should look at doing a second one, <laughs> but definitely not a third. And so we did the second one, and it was also a success. So we thought, how can we do the third one different? And that's when we um we got to do some duets with yeah. like Temptations, Martha Reeves, and Smokey Robinson. Right. And it was wow. through our you know through us meeting Smokey and him loving what we were doing with the music that he just he fell in love with us and and he was sort of. Of one of the big reasons we got to Vegas, because he agreed, he'd said to us when we first met him, he said, oh, look, if there's anything I can ever do to help you guys, just let me know. And we said, well, actually, Smokey, um, we're looking at this show in Vegas, do you mind putting your name to it? Yeah, right. And so he did. It was Smokey literally- was attached. Yeah, it was Smokey Robinson Presents Australia's oh, right. Human Nature. Really? Yeah. So he's been, you know, we're so thankful for him, for his support. And So yeah, we did the Imperial Palace for- Oh, about four and a half, five years, yep. and then move up to the Venetian. Okay, and we'd been there for like seven years. Was, I think longest running show there. Yeah, I think
0: that's yeah. a, that's a big whack. That's I mean that's very impressive. And but the, but the work must have been how many nights a week was it?
2: We started off doing six nights a week. Yeah, <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all actually we all ended up. Because we were just performing, we'd never done shows like that. You know, we'd done mm. tours where we go out for like two or three weeks, and but never just that constant. So we all ended up looking like whippets like, right? yeah. <laughs> we just lost <laughs> so much weight. <laughs> we're doing the you know, dancing and performing that show six nights a week, and it was just yeah, it was full on. But we ended up cutting it down to five shows a week, which was kind of what we regularly yeah. went to. But yeah, it was that's still you, you know, it was amazing so to <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, a lot of work, but also it was kind of good. In a way that it really makes you match fit, yep. you know, and, and singing and performing, mm. and and also some nights when you don't quite feel like it, yep. you kind of it forces you to get into the moment, you know. So that I think that's really helped us be better performers yeah, because yeah, of yeah. it.
0: So the culture of Vegas, I guess, is—I mean, obviously, it's everything's in Vegas. You got anything, mm. yeah. a, any any form of entertainment, kids, lots for adults, gambling, partying, but also this this thing about shows is uh, is is a big thing. You know, a family will come through. From anywhere in America, Hawaii, Australia, and they've done their research, and they oh, I want to go see that. I want to go see that. Were there
1: were there seasons within all of this where you get the most? Yeah, there, of- there definitely is, yeah, and yeah. it's um you're sort of in the in the summertime. So yeah. in the the height of summer, shows actually aren't that successful. Yeah. You know, well it sort of drops off a bit there. I mean, some shows like the classics, like oh, the Cirque yeah. du Soleil show, it just like sells out. All year round. Yeah. But, you know, in the summertime, it's all about the pools and the clubs. And so the, the audience is younger and they yeah. don't, don't go to as many shows. And sort of in, in the, right after Christmas and January, it's a bit slow. But for most of the year, apart from those, it's, it's pretty cranking for shows. Right. Tell me what happens in the scenario where you've lost your voice. Five nights
0: a week. For the foreseeable
2: future, no voice. Well, no we, voice. we would have to cancel. So, there was a couple of shows we we did. If there's literally no way you can,
1: yeah, make a sound, make
2: a sound, you know, um, because there is four of us, you know, we could someone can cover other parts of the song or whatever, mm-hmm. so we would try and make our way through as best we could. But yeah, if literally someone lost their voice, like no voice, we yeah. would have to cancel.
1: We've done shows where, like, I can remember one where Phil had this sort of stomach bug thing. But he did the show, but, like, had to, like, run off mid-show, <laughs> sort himself out, run back on. So the show must go on.
2: Yeah, well, you went through it. it. was kind of doing it that regularly. You do go through. You kind of, yeah, because it's like anything, you know, you, you have nights where you've, you've got a bad stomach, you yeah. might have a stomach bug, so yeah, you yeah. just got to push through. And I remember one, I, I ran to the side of stage just to, at the very end of the show and just, Literally vomited into it. Into I mean, it wasn't because I was. It was just some stomach bug. But I just had to make it to the end, and then just vomited into a bin on the side, and it was like. Wow, you really got to push through. That's, uh, <laughs> Show
0: must go on. That's not the answer. I was, expect- I was expecting <laughs> you guys to maybe say, "Yeah, sometimes we lip sync." <laughs> <But laughs> right. No, no, this is the real work. You guys are, uh, you guys are pushing
1: through rain, yeah. hail or shine. And I think we got so yeah, like Mike said, so match fit there for a mm. while. We literally, in all the years we've been there, we've probably max cancelled about I don't know, fifteen, twenty wow. shows at the max. Yeah.
0: That's my, maybe couple the of, hardest working band in Australia. A
1: couple of a couple of them might have been because somebody was under the weather. Yeah. <laughs> somebody that was isn't in this room right now. So I'm not giving away names, but it was either Phil or Andrew.
0: Yeah. How was uh, I mean, you you went over there with partners, most of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that probably was a different phase in human nature in itself, where might have been in a bit more trouble dumping you four blokes in Las Vegas. Younger days. <laughs> in 19 years of age. Or...
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we had good, a good head on our shoulders and, and you know, we, we realised that, you know, our families were there and that we would have to make a life for ourselves outside of the Strip, you know, yeah, yeah. so we, we all lived about... Were you in the suburbs? Yeah, more, so 15, yeah. 20 minutes yeah. uh, mm-hmm. off the Strip. Toby's a bit closer probably to the, to the Strip than we were, but, um, yeah, so... and out there life is just not in normal life you know yeah. it's not like crazy Vegas town yeah, yeah, yeah. you know out in the uh, out in the burbs there yeah. but um I guess we just drove to the strip every night to, to yeah. work
1: yeah. the know? only difference is in, in every gas station and supermarket there are poker machines <laughs> <laughs> literally you arrive in the airport and there's poker, poker machines <laughs> 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 there they're everywhere
0: gas stations yep, right yeah
1: <laughs> 711s everything really yeah
0: so what is culturally I just fascinated by this, this is the first people I've ever met who lived in Vegas. I think a couple of basketballers, Australian basketballers might have been over there. Liz Cambage may have gotten a start in Vegas the other day, but pre-COVID, of course. What's uh, What What was it like? Does it feel like a city or does it feel like a kind of town that is servicing a strip?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very much that, Yeah, you know, it's... It's the bit, the most noticeable thing for I found moving over there was that there's very little community, yeah, and also because of the you know the temperature swing during the year, like yeah. the summer is just brutal, so everybody yeah. drives everywhere, so nobody's yeah. out walking and yeah, okay. saying hi to each other, and I mean you know your neighbours, <laughs> yeah. but you don't walk down to the nearest cafe, yeah, so yeah. everybody drives, and yeah, so right. there's a sort of disconnect yeah. there with with people. I mean you can make it happen for yourself, but as a city, it's um it's very very much all geared towards. There's no barefoot bowls. No, <laughs> that's <either. laughs> no, all geared towards supporting the strip and the yeah. casinos, and and that's why you know I think COVID had a massive impact on it yeah. because there was so much of Vegas that just didn't have anything to yeah.
0: do. Yeah. So was that curtains for for the residency, or were you already thinking about coming back here? I know you're doing a national tour here. Was uh, was did it COVID certainly? Gave you the excuse to come home for a little while?
2: Yeah, COVID sort of forced our hand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, that I do it wouldn't have been our choice to, to kind of finish that way. Yeah. I don't think it would be anyone's choice. But, yeah, because it was literally like, I remember it was like the night, a couple of nights before it all shut down. We were all talking with our band and the guys there saying, oh, you know, this might be just you yeah. know, just a week. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk to you guys in a week. The thing, yeah. And then <laughs> it was like two weeks went by and the months. And then, you know, eventually the casino itself said they were just ending the contract because they yeah. weren't opening the showrooms anymore yeah. so yeah I mean it, it was unfortunate I guess to end that way so but it, you know I guess we'll, we'll just wait and see if there's you know if the opportunity came up again yeah. and, a, and a great um, room came available then we'd, we'd absolutely um, look at that at some point but it, it's, it's also it has forced us to come back and uh, we're enjoying being back and doing shows here in Australia and getting out to some places we haven't been before and it's been great.
0: So the second gen, you know, the kids that Human Nature had over there, are they all speaking with American accents?
1: (laughs) Depends on who they speak to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. My twins, uh, my daughter, she's got much more of an American accent yeah. most of the time. Yeah. My son's uh, got more more of an Aussie accent. But yeah, she'll change. She'll, they'll both sort of yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, swing and change so depending on who they're, who they're the speaking to. There's a kind of pivotal point where they can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> so what's this national tour looking like? And are the family coming on this one?
2: <laughs> well, our families are out here now. They've just yeah. sort of got out of quarantine a, couple, okay. a week or two ago. So they're um, yeah out here in Australia, and we're going well, this um, more regional tour. We're doing yep. is is literally us and, and one musician. We yep. got one guy, so we're doing more acoustic versions of our songs and 38 back.
1: Thirty-eight dates more, I more, think. I, I think we're, clo- we're close to, to fifty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, like, it's like Vegas all over again. It's <laughs> really fun. Like we haven't done it for fifteen years, and yeah. you know, it's a lot of the towns we've been to before, but a lot we haven't. And you can see, particularly after the year everybody's had, you yeah. can really see it in people's faces that they're just loving being out, having a good time, trying to forget, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the past year. And um, yeah, we've had to reschedule. Uh, like a week of Victorian dates yep. so far. That was meant to be this week, yeah, obviously. But we, I think we're going to manage to fit them into July, so we're okay. not going to leave people stranded. And um, yeah, we go through till through till August right. with this one, and then we change gears and do our big national tour that okay. we, we yeah. had to postpone from last year, uh, the Good Good Life tour. So that kicks off end of August. So
0: what uh, what can the fans expect uh, for this acoustic one? Is it Human nature on guitar, or is it Motown, or it's
2: it's really um, us kind of telling our our story. You know, it's yeah. it's a bit more songs and story yeah. based. You know, kind of t- taking people through our career from when we started in high school and how we kind of started there, and and then kind of getting into the how Human Nature became to be who they are, you know, with the yeah, first right. record and writing the song. So a bit of talking as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of – it's nice actually to – A bit of a rating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, to do it that way and um, I think people have been enjoying that side of it too and it's nice for us to, you know, just have a break from, you know, the, all the singing and we're not probably dancing as much, you yeah. know, in this as well. We're just sitting on stools and kind of singing and, and telling our story, which is – Really cool.
1: And there may even be a little snippet of Danny Boy in there. <laughs> if the crowd wants it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get a can I get a yeah? For Danny Boy. You'll get it.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, Toby and Mike. Human nature. You know, as I said before, the Pride of Bankstone, Pride of Australia, Pride of Vegas for eleven years. Yeah. Eleven years it was there. Yep. And now they're back thirty eight closer to fifty dates regionally around the country and then and then we'll do the uh, do the metro cities. It's been a great chat, thank you. Thanks for coming on.